Hey there, neighbor. Welcome to Good Life News, a weekly podcast where we talk about ideas, living the abundant Christian life, and God's wonderful, wonderful love. I'm your host, Pastor Lauren Fenton, an old farm kid, Bible student, preacher of grace, husband of one, father of two, papa for five, and really just another pilgrim headed for home. I'm so glad you've clicked in to join me on this journey today. Let's walk together for a few minutes and see what we can discover on the way to the kingdom. Are you ready? Ready? Let's go! Greetings once again, friends. This is episode 17 of the podcast. The title of this week's episode is Attitudes of Grace. In today's episode, I'll be sharing some thoughts about the economics of godly relationships, whether in the home, among friends, or interacting with other people wherever we may be. It occurs to me that the single most fundamental truth of the universe is identified by one word, relationships. Seriously. Can you think of anything at all that isn't in relationship to something or someone else? My guess is no. If you can think of something, please let me know, because otherwise, from what I've seen and experienced in my 76 trips around the sun, It looks to me like everything imaginable, animate or inanimate, exists in relationship to everything else. On the cosmic level, the earth, the moon, the planets, and sun all relate to each other. The entire solar system relates to the wider Milky Way galaxy. And our galaxy relates to other galaxies, and that goes on and on until we can't even begin to comprehend all of those connections out there and all of those relationships. If we look the other way into a microscope, we discover smaller and smaller dimensions. Everything there also reveals the constant reality of relationships. Cells, membranes, molecules, atoms, electrons, protons, and nuclei all work together to compose what we call matter. Living things, at least as we know them here on our planet, all exist in relationships also both to inanimate nature and to other living creatures. And we human beings live in relationship to it all. So, let's talk about us. Everyone lives in relationship to other people. The quality of our relationships determines the quality of our lives. And, for we who are Christians, it determines the effectiveness of our witness as ambassadors of the kingdom. In Matthew 5, the opening passages of the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus teaches numerous important lessons about relationships. He speaks of anger, love, and lust, divorce, vows, revenge, and loving one's enemies. At the very end of the chapter, in Matthew 5:48, he says, You are to be perfect even as your Father in heaven is perfect. And this is from the New Living Translation. I'd encourage anyone listening or reading just now to get your copy of the Bible, open it to Matthew 5, and read the context of Jesus' instruction here in verse 48. Frankly, I've heard a lot of outrageous claims that Jesus meant that we, his followers, must strive for and achieve complete perfection of character in this life 
Otherwise, we can't be saved in his kingdom and we won't be quote-unquote ready for his return. Some of my more conservative Seventh-day Adventist friends underscore that idea with one of their favorite comments from Ellen G. White, who is widely looked to for inspired counsel and interpretation of the scriptures. About this idea of perfection of character, Mrs. White says, here's the quote, Christ is waiting with longing desire for the manifestation of himself in his church. When the character of Christ shall be perfectly reproduced in his people, then he will come to claim them as his own. End quote. This is from her book, Christ's Object Lessons, page 69. Again, let me repeat what I said a few moments about Matthew 5. Read the context. Someone once said that a text without the context is a pretext for a proof text. <laughs> I think I'll just leave that right there. But repeatedly, in this entire chapter, in Christ's Object Lessons, Ellen White writes about Jesus' parable of the sower, Mark 4, 26-29, and she says that character development is the work of the Holy Spirit residing in the believer's heart. Nowhere does she say this is to be accomplished in whole or in part by the human agent. It's all about God who works in us both to will and to do of his good pleasure, Philippians 2.13. I really like the way the NLT, the New Living Translation, treats that verse. It says, God is working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases him. So about Matthew 5.48, if you read the context, you discover that the perfection of the Father that Jesus speaks about is about our relationships and how we treat other people. I want to repeat that because this is very, very important for us to understand. When Jesus says that we are to be perfect, even as our Father in heaven is perfect, he's talking about our relationships with other people and how we treat them, that we should treat them in the same way that the Father treats them. With those thoughts in mind, let's consider a bit about the economics of godly relationships. Using economics as a metaphor is a good way to understand how relationships work. If you were to start a business today, one of the first factors you'd need to consider is your startup capital. How much money or other resources do you have in hand to bring your idea to life? Will it be sufficient to cover all the startup costs, including inventory, required licensing fees, initial advertising, equipment, rental expenses, and if you need to hire help, salaries of employees? Here's a hard reality. Even the very best idea for a new business will go nowhere if it has nothing to build on. So, let's apply that thought to building strong, healthy relationships in life. Again, following the metaphor of the economics of godly relationships, let's think about a little baby. Every baby receives an endowment of capital, of goodwill, at birth. When the baby's born, the first thing that happens is someone 
doctor, nurse, midwife, mother herself, father, whomever, someone has to make sure the newborn is breathing, gets cleaned up, and nurtured. And I'm speaking here, of course, in the normal process of life events. Sadly, I'm all too well aware of tragic exceptions, but that's not my focus at the moment. We receive our gift of goodwill capital from parents, teachers, friends, and others who care for us. We could not survive even for a few hours without someone else supplying our basic needs for life. Jesus spoke of the natural disposition of parents to provide good things for their children as he addressed the crowd that day on the mountainside. He said, You parents, if your children ask for a loaf of bread, do you give them a stone instead? Or if they ask for a fish, do you give them a snake? Of course not. So, if you sinful people know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give good gifts to those who ask him? Matthew 7, verses 7 to 9. So, the next question is, what do we do with that initial capital of goodwill we receive at birth and, ideally, at the beginning of every new relationship afterwards? Just as the initial startup capital for a business must be managed wisely, so our goodwill capital can be invested to provide positive returns. Jesus answered this question in Matthew 7:12. He said, Do to others whatever you would like them to do to you. This is the essence of all that is taught in the Law and the Prophets. Again, this is from NLT. So here's a truism that works in every situation. Goodwill multiplies when it is given away. Let me repeat. Goodwill multiplies when it is given away. I grew up as a farm kid. We often planted corn or sugar beets every year. And after the fields were prepared, we buried the seed in the dirt at the appropriate depth for each crop. And after that, we watered and watched for a few days, and in a short time, we could see the beginnings of tiny shoots poking their heads up out of the soil. It always brought us joy when we could see all the rows stretching all the way across the field. All summer, though, through the growing season, we invested time, fertilizer, weed control, more water, and at harvest, our investments paid multiplied dividends. Sometimes the return was bountiful, other years not so much. But regardless, in order to receive a harvest, we had to keep investing in the crop. Relationships are the same. What relationship do you value the most? That's where you need to make the heaviest investments, in whatever form needed to nurture the health, well-being, and continued growth of your connection with someone. What do you need to invest in the life of someone you love? I'm sure you probably already know the answer to that question. If not, ask God to give you wisdom. You can claim the promise found in James 1.5. Look it up, mark it, memorize it. It will give you courage and hope. Remember, Goodwill multiplies when it is given away. 
It is vital to make continuous, regular, and frequent deposits in your goodwill account with anyone you love and cherish. And conversely, it is crucial that you never make a personal withdrawal from that account by acting in a nasty, selfish, demanding, or demeaning way. Unkind words can never be retrieved once we've let them escape from our lips. It's good to pray for the fruits of the Spirit to be manifest and evident in our lives every day. The fruit of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Galatians 5, 22 and 23. I mentioned these in last week's episode, but they bear repeating often. And here's a final thought as we close off this episode of the Good Life News podcast and the ideas about the economics of godly relationship. What should you do if someone has wronged you and impacted your life negatively? In essence, that person made a withdrawal from the account of goodwill you hold in common. It may be large or small, a mountain or a molehill, But it makes no difference. That individual is in debt to you because of their words or actions. Can you ever get a repayment? In a word, no. Regardless of future apologies, positive experiences, or good intentions, the debt can never be recovered. The only way of getting even in this life is to do or say something negative in return. I'm sure you can immediately see where that leads tit-for-tat, revenge can only escalate until the situation becomes irreversibly destructive. But there is another way, the Jesus way. That way is to forgive. Christian history in every culture is filled with stories of healed hearts when people choose forgiveness. Damaged relationships may or may not be restored. Sometimes there's just been too much bad blood between parties to restore the goodwill account to functional life. But choosing to forgive removes the weight of that debt from your heart and frees you to live. That is, in fact, what God has done for us. He's collected all of our debts, our sins, and forgave them all. In Him we are debt-free. Praise the Lord forever and ever. Amen. Well, thank you so much for listening today. I pray you have been blessed, and I hope you can join me for next week's episode. I'll be sharing some thoughts about a Christian's new life in Christ. Be sure to tune in, and if you enjoy these podcasts and blog posts, please share them with your family, your friends, or whomever. And my many thanks in advance. May God bless you today all this week. See you next time. Bye-bye. So we've come to the end of this episode of the Good Life News Podcast. If you would like to comment or join a conversation about today's content, please visit our website at www.goodlifenews.light. I'd love to hear your thoughts and observations. On the website's blog page, you can also find a complete transcript of the most recent episode, which will always be posted at the top of the page. If you enjoyed this podcast, you can subscribe on Anchor, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and 
other podcast platforms. If you'd like to help out in this ministry, it's incredibly helpful if you'd leave a nice rating or review on your platform of choice. Thanks for listening, and be sure to tune in again next week as we continue our journey exploring more about God's love, His amazing grace, and the incredible good news of the everlasting gospel. Until then, walk in peace, live in hope, and hold your treasures with open hands.